Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's up, guys? You're listening to the final cast again. I'm Brad. I'm Josh. What's up, dude? Not much. You uh, hiatus for you last week. Did you have a good week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I did do some court stuff, but nothing mm-hmm. like major or anything. I'm not in trouble or anything. So, um, <laughs> but uh, dude. So you've been at it at the shows, seeing you get some good pictures. Yeah, it was fun. Some, I mean, what went you, to the yoga poses on kayaks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know those pictures were taken actually until after the fact. Somebody sent them. Oh to yeah. Me. So yeah, made That's me laugh. Funny. But yeah, missed you last week though. Yeah, did but I mean you had Matt on. Matt Matt's a good host, right? Yeah, he did a good job. I mean. I was like, I need to find somebody to fill in for Josh. Is you want to do it? He might. He was like, sure. I've never done it before, so I'm like, yeah, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, cool episode planned. Uh, we're gonna be talking to Jim Van Ryan from Exxon Lures and Rod Glove. Heck yeah! Welcome to the show, Welcome Jim. To the show, Jim. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. No problem, man. This one's actually been a little. Uh, been in the making for quite some time um i remember talking to dan perry and we were discussing some you know options for guests on the show and your name came up and i think i tried to reach out to you and i might have either a had the wrong information or b i probably picked the wrong you know method of communication but he uh mentioned to try to get you on and talk to you i know he's a big fan of your lures and so welcome to the show man we're really excited to sit down and talk to you yeah no thanks for the opportunity and uh pleasure to be here always great to talk about fishing oh yeah i agree with that that's why we do it i mean (laughs) it's a break from everyday life and just get to sit back and talk with my friend josh about fishing so it's fun yeah (laughs) 
So Jim, we, uh, we were very interested in reaching out. Like I said, uh, we had talked with Dan about it and, you know, um, we've talked to other companies, you know, regarding like, you know, uh, lures and sort of things. So we were excited to also be able to talk about the rod glove, but if you don't mind, do you care to introduce yourself? Let us know how you got into fishing and, you know, any kind of background history. And if you want, we can go into how you got started with Exxon. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Um, yeah, basically how I got started in the fishing, like so many people across across the nation, um, I was introduced to it by my dad and my grandfather. And, um, you know, you kind of get that taste when you're just, when you're a little kid, for some reason, those those memories loom large in your mind. And uh, um, and then, you know, sometimes we, we leave it for a bit as we're going through school or whatever. We're picking up on normal sports, other sports, I should say. And, um, uh, and then we return to it later. So it was really probably in my late teens. So I fished all as a kid and then through my teens. But it was really in my late teens that I really... Mm-hmm. Uh, got excited about bass tournament fishing and um so that um you know that happened and then um so i fished quite a bit then then uh then the family came along and sometimes that can interrupt things for a little bit Mm. one thing i'm finding out about life is i'm 53 now and it, it seems like we just go through these times in our life where there's seasons of opportunity to do stuff and then there's times when it's not quite as easy but um, mm-hmm. anyways, to kind of summarize all of that, uh, fishing has been a lifelong, lifelong passion of mine. Um, so I, um, I, I, also, uh, I also run another company, uh, a, a larger company in the uh, irrigation and automation business for the horticulture industry. And so if you can imagine what the rod gloves made out of, as we all know, it's made out of that expandable mesh sleeving. Mm-hmm. And so we we had a job where we were running that on a on you know, we were running a water line through it and a communication cable and it was all bound up by rod glove material, and uh, the installation went bad. The guys took the stuff back to the shop and they started cutting all the sleeving off, and uh, you know I said, hey, save me some six foot pieces of that, <laughs> and so they they cut it off. They set them aside. I took a tie wrap, bundled up the end, uh, cinched it and um threw them on my rods and um so some guys in my local uh my local club started seeing hey can you make some of those for me and um and not that we were the only ones on the market at the time but what we did what we were the first ones to do was to make what we call our tapered tip Mm -hmm. um and so it, it just nicely tapers down adds a little bit extra protection for the for the tip and it also goes in and out of your rod lockers really nice so anyways we started kind of developing that and then uh, we um you know guys outside of my local club but in our bigger federation started seeing it and they're they're uh they're going on like they wanted to have some as well uh so then you know i'm like eh, there might be a bit of a business here so um you know fast forward now 12 years since that mm-hmm. happened so that's kind of the, the the beginnings and you know 12 years later we're in about 30 different countries and 1500 retail locations <laughs> throughout the world and um 
it's just a lot of fun. We sell a ton of these things. I can't believe that there's that many fishing rods in the world, but obviously <laughs> there is. And um, and in the in the circle of people who use them is is just constantly expanding, right? If you could imagine, mm -hmm. first it was just the diehard tournament guys. Oh, I got to protect my rods and keep them from tangling. And that circle is just growing bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been more and more competitors that have come into the business alongside of us. And uh, yeah, there's, there's so many, so many good competitors. And I'm never a guy who, who hates anybody who's, who's <clears throat> a competitor of mine, right? There's lots of room for all of us and uh, we all bring a little something different to the market. So um, yeah, let's enjoy it and, and, and work hard. Um, a part of our early success in the Rod Glove really had to do with uh, Gerald Swindle coming on board early. Yeah, you know we we were we were just like six months into this thing doing some advertising on Bass Boat Central, and um, <clears throat> a guy that Gerald worked with at the time says, "Hey, you think you could like send us twelve of these things or something for Gerald to use?" And I said, "Sure," and gladly sent him down there. And Gerald's like you know what? I want to help you drive this brand. Um, he said, I don't, I realize that, you know, you don't have any money right now because you're just starting, but I just want to help. Hmm. And I tell that story because a lot of times we think that pros are own, are, are driven by the dollar. Right. And, and to a certain mm -hmm. extent, they got bills to pay. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I just want to give this as a bit of an outlier situation where a successful guy like Gerald was willing to help a small business like me put this product on the map. Um, and that just goes, that just goes to the heart of who he is. Right. And right. Um, uh, so he was real helpful and he really helped us just to scale out this business quick in those early days. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And he seems like a really good hearted person. Yeah. You know, I've been following him for a little bit and, you know, I could see that aspect of him, you know, just, just his interviews and the things he talks about. And it's really awesome, man. You know, that's the beauty of the fishing community. That's one of the better points that I've always been a big fan of is the way that anglers can come together or help out a small comp, you know, company or, you know, like, we have that happen, you know, in the kayak fishing community. And it's, it's really refreshing to see that there's, you know, for the way that the world is right now, that there is good hearted people out there. So I, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think uh, the first time I ever saw a rod glove was probably six, seven years ago, maybe in my local retailer. And uh, it was the first rod sleeve I ever bought. You know, I bought a bundle to, protect my rods uh i'll preface it by saying I'm, I'm a kayak angler so i like to stuff my rods inside my kayak when transporting to and from when i got those rod sleeves i was like wow this is this is awesome because i'm no longer pulling those rods out of the kayak and it being all tangled up a mess you know the all the tips the line just being wrapped around each other so yeah yeah no that's great great to hear did you see um, a bit of like increase? Was it noticeable for you guys as a business with the kayak anglers? Like as it as it started to grow, did you see that? Because I know that's one of the biggest things. Like what Brad's talking about, because you know with bass boats and stuff, um, as they've gotten 
bigger and better, you know, the rod storage capabilities have gotten better, you know, and mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, every rod is like, in a sense, can be separated. I know not all bass boats are like that, but, you know, the one thing with kayak anglers was the limit on space. And then, you know, these guys are transporting them, like whether they're in rod tubes or whatever, you know, on their trucks that, you know, the rods were taking a beating, you know, they were getting tangled. Everything was a mess all the time. You know, that, that was where I first really noticed the use of rod sleeves, you know, Mm -hmm. and did you guys notice like anything in particular like that, like where the kayak fishing community kind of cause like an increase at all yeah it's real tough for uh, it's real tough for us to uh, gauge those metrics yeah uh, only because so little we see of course our our sales go up you know annually um mm-hmm. but because so much goes through retail and, and and some through our website it's just tough for us to tell where they're going yeah um, what i can tell you is that um I get emails or requests through the website from more and more kayak anglers all the time. Right. So whereas, you know, 10 years ago when we started, nobody was really talking about kayaks. It was still all about boats. And um, so those conversations just weren't had, Mm -hmm. but you know, now when I get, uh, when I have conversations, it's, it's probably, probably 50, 50 between, (laughs) <laughs> conventional style bass angling and kayak fishing in general. Yeah, that's um, cool. I mean, it, I'm just blown away by where this kayak world is gone. And, and, and I don't, you know, I, I don't claim to, to, to really understand it all in terms of how all the tournaments work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the, we're, uh, we're the title sponsor for uh, mass maulers out of um, who fish in the KFL. That kind yeah. Of, um and, and and so i'm learning every day and and i just find it fascinating yeah that, that's cool though like uh jumping jumping into the kayak world like that sponsoring a kfl team that's what needs to happen for the whole kayak side to grow so that's that's cool i like that yeah yeah they're um uh, yeah so it's interesting but it's a it's a learning thing for me um but I just think it's so cool with what they're doing with those kayaks, right? Putting the uh, putting the Altrexes on them and, and gearing them up with all the uh, yeah. all the electronics. I mean, good grief! It's <laughs> it's great. They're just plastic, uh, tiny plastic bass boats at that point. So well, pretty much. Oh, that's it, right? The one thing that is that is common for really, it seems like anybody who fishes the gear the yeah. boat or the kayak or the rods mm-hmm. and reels and electronics. That's like half of it, right? Yeah. That's half the fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super fun. I follow some like pro anglers, YouTubes and um, it's just funny because you see the excitement, even like at the pro level when they get like the new boat or, <laughs> you know, the new yeah. truck or the new rods and you just laugh. Cause you're like, man, it's all the same across the board, no matter what, like you could be on the bank, you still have that excitement, you know, and you can be a pro, you know, in a half million dollar setup and still awesome. Like, you know, you're just like completely bewildered and it's, it's cool to see that aspect of it. Yeah. It's cool because like anglers, man, like we, 
you know, you, we can have our spats and our conflicts and, you know, and that kind of thing. But really when it comes down to it at heart, we're all exactly still the same, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's it. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's cool. Um, yeah, I wanted to start touching on a little bit of these other products you have because we met, we talked about the rod gloves a little bit. You also have uh, real gloves, and you have uh, neoprene uh, sleeves, right? Yeah, so we have uh, what's called our Pro Series rod gloves. Um, so we have our original ones, um, our original Pro Series, and now we've just introduced our uh, our pro series two um which is a, a little bit um it's it the thing you get with neoprene is it gets real heavy yeah um, and so our original ones were three millimeter um thick neoprene the new ones are going to be two millimeter so you're still getting that neoprene protection but a little bit easier to handle on and off your rods we have a retaining strap and a loop on the top and uh, so we're pretty excited about that new product as well um, and then, yeah, we have uh, we have real gloves um, uh, for both bait casting and spinning rods. Um, they will be. Um, uh, we have a new one for bait casting coming out. The one that we have is a pretty specific fit. Uh, it's really for series two hundred and below, 200, 150 series, okay. um, and they were originally designed to fit in such a way that it wouldn't kink your fluorocarbon. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, so there's a, there's a bit of design. The next, the next bait casting one is going to be a little bit more generic um, and a little bit easier to put on. Um, so yeah, you just, you're kind of looking always to keep it a bit fresh, right? Um, mm-hmm. Offer stuff that, uh, that can, can bring value to the market and just keep your product line, product line fresh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I saw those neoprene sleeves. I think it was the first ones I've ever seen too. And I'm like, those look interesting. I need to try some of those. Uh, is that what you would recommend for somebody just getting into it or? Probably not. At the end of the day, the neoprene stuff. So you have a much higher price point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really kind of has, it, 
it fits a niche group of anglers. Okay. Um, so a lot of times you'll have guys who are buying a lot of, um, they're buying JDM equipment, right? Mm. So real expensive stuff. And they just want that extra protection. They don't really care what it costs. Um, but, um, you know, really the regular expanded mesh rod gloves are, um, they're the best value. They're the easiest to work with. They come in the most colors and um, uh, they're just a, just a great product. They do exactly what you want it to do. So, and th those are honestly, those are the ones that I use. Um, yeah. I don't use the neoprene ones. Um, okay. um, I see a need for them in the market. We have a lot of people who just love them uh, and I can see why, uh, but I like things. I think I like things quick. Yeah. And, uh, so that's just, me. that's me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of want some of them. <laughs> they look nice. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of that neoprene look too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I should, uh, I should get you down some of our, uh, some of our newer ones. Um, mm -hmm. they're not even on the website yet. Like we're just working through the, um, uh, working through the, the final ends of getting them in stock, getting them on the website and all of that. So, um, uh, love to send you some of those. They come with six, six different trim colors. Um, and, uh, so they're, they're kind of neat that way. Very cool. Heck yeah. That's cool, man. I, I like the concept you know, of all of it. Like, it's cool that I think it's always important to keep coming out with those new ideas. You know, you don't want to get stuck mm -hmm. in the old thing and, you know, you gotta, you gotta come up with new ideas and it stays fresh. And, you know, um, I'd like to, you know, I, I, I wasn't even familiar with the, the neoprene style. That's pretty cool. Um, was there a reason specifically for going with neoprene? Or did you just find that it offered like really, really good, you know, protection and that's kind of what you fell on? Yeah, we, it, as with so many products in the market, there are a lot of times they can be consumer driven, mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're really answering yeah. the call from the customer base, designing and developing something that they like. Um, you know, a lot of the ideas that come from the customer base just don't make sense practically from a business perspective because the market is just not large enough. But when you find that one idea that has a large enough market and you can um, and it fits into your business business plan, you can go ahead and develop that. And and that's kind of where a lot of that that stuff starts with us. Very cool. Yeah. That so is cool. we want to talk about X zone because I know I know a lot of people that really, really, yeah. really love your guys' lures. And I know Dan's one of them. I think Josh Smith was really into well, them, was it? Yeah, Dan Dan's actually on your guys' pro staff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, great yeah, guy. He's always talking about them. I'm like, I got to check these out then. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh that's great. So, um I'll give you a little history first to start that out. Probably in around the same time that I started a rod glove, there was a, a an angler up here in Canada that that started Exxon Lures. Um and he um he developed a bait called the slammer and um, it was a hand pour bait. So an open cavity, uh, just heating up the plastic and just, just laying it in there. Mm -hmm. And um, that bait just, it was one of the early drop shot baits and it really just, I mean, every pro that came to the St. Lawrence back in, you know, in, in that time to fish smallmouth 
was calling for the slammer. Um, and uh, so, so around 2015, um, Mark Kulik, who started a great angler, great bait designer, he was just ready to, to move on to other things, right? Just wanted to fish more and, and so forth. I said, hey, Mark, why don't you let me just take that business? So that's on one side of the story. The other side of the story is that I had a son who was graduating um, high school. And I can still remember when Nick was about, I don't know, he was probably like 10 years old. He had to do a project for school. And his project was, was about what do you want to do one day when you grow up? And flat out, the answer was easy for him. I want to own a bait company. So when he, you know, fast forward seven years, now he's graduating from school. I said, hey, Nick, why don't we just buy Exxon Lures and start developing that brand? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how it all started. My son's been in it with me since the beginning. Um, he has the patience and the creativity to do all the things that I I'm not good at um, <laughs> like all, all his we're known for our bright and vibrant colors and some of our bait shapes. And um, that's all my son, Nick, he, he does that whole end of things. Um, so that was in 2015. We quickly took the business from just a hand pour. It's very tough to scale a hand pour business because mm-hmm. it's very fussy and expensive production work. Um, so you can't find the people for it. You can't get the consistency out of the product that you need and you just can't make enough. Um, so then we started designing what we call our pro series, uh, which is, is all machine injected. Um, and, um, and we just started to develop that along. Um, and then the business was growing moderately, Mm -hmm. um, and then about two and a half years ago, I had a, uh, had a conversation with um, uh, Elite Series angler, Brandon Polinick. And Brandon, uh, he's been working with us ever since. And a guy with his level, um, you know, Brandon's one of those guys who's just miles ahead of so many of the pros in his, mm-hmm. um, in his media, media content, right? He's, I think he's the only guy who travels full time with a full time cameraman um, and an extra boat. Like he's all in on that end of things. Um, And that really is what has driven a lot of our designs and a lot of our, um, um, a lot of our success over the last, let's say three years. Um, Really that's when it started to, to really take an up, up curve. Um, so since then, about a year ago, my other son joined the business as well. Um, so he's a little bit more like me, more on the business end and production and, and marketing and, and all of that. So I don't know that a, that a father could ask for a better scenario, right? You got you have two sons that you get to be in business with. They have complementary skill sets and just just the thrill of a lifetime for me. That's awesome, man. That's really cool um, to see, you know, see you take it from just being the hand pour thing and getting your kids involved with it. That's, that's really neat. And, you know, and how do you, how lucky can you get to that? They're like kind of (laughs) on opposite sides of it to where you don't have to necessarily worry about any clashing, you know, I'm sure you might get a little bit, it is family, but you know, it's, it's really cool that you guys were able to 
find that success with it, you know? Um, what do you attribute to like Brandon being like ahead of the curve? Do you think it's because of his age? He's younger. He's kind of grown up in that digital age, you know, yeah. to, to help like grow like social media wise. Yeah, I, I really do. I, part of it is his age and part of it is who he is as, as a personality and, and it's the character of who he is. Yeah. Um, and he just gets it right. He, um, Brandon is a guy who is uh, not in scared, not scared to invest in his own brand, to invest in the equipment that he needs. He, you know, Brandon so much looks just beyond the paycheck and thinks really long term about everything that he does, and uh, is extremely intentional about everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, guys, when I signed him two and a half years ago. Uh, Exxon was not was not in a position as far as the business size goes. We really didn't have any business mm-hmm. uh, from a business perspective sponsoring a guy at Brandon Pollock's level. But you're always investing for tomorrow, right? You're always you're you're always starting with where you want to be rather than um, you know uh, not having that big picture mindset. And so Brandon and I think very much the same way on that level. And uh, that's really what connected us, right, was our business theories really aligned quite well. And, um, yeah, now we just we have a great relationship. That's awesome because you see a lot of people sometimes it's just always in the present. You know what I mean? They don't they don't want to take a look at necessarily it's like what do you have to offer me like now at this moment and not necessarily because i mean obviously if he you know if an angler is familiar with who you are as a company and what rod glove has done they would be able to see like okay this is x zone we can see that same aspect happening in the future you know mm-hmm. so um you know it's, it's a that's a really cool story what were you going to say brad i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, I was going to say the same thing. A cool story. I mean, similar to Rod Glove, you, you had a pro come out and reach out to you. You also had a pro come and reach out to you for Exxon. And it's kind of like elevated you guys. And within the last year and a half, maybe, I'm, I've am i I've heard of I keep hearing about you guys all the time, all the time. And I'm like, where are these guys coming from? So I'm glad you hit that story. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for that. And, uh, you know, really at the end of the day, we're, uh, we're a, we're a family based business and we just work hard, right? Like yeah. I'll tell you, you know, about my two sons that are in it. I, you know, I have a daughter who's in college down in Texas and she helps out with the Instagram and I have a sister, my sister who does the bookkeeping and my wife who runs some of the daily operation stuff. And, um, so there's lots of family involved here. I can tell you without a doubt in 12 years, we have never, ever had an argument. That's um, awesome. And uh, that really comes down to just respecting each other and each other's yeah. roles, right? Without that respect, um, you, we all, we've all heard the, the horror stories about family businesses. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make out that we're perfect, but we've been blessed enough that we've, we've been able to, to complement each other and keep the peace yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, go ahead, Josh. No, no, you're fine, dude. 
Well, I was just going to get into some of these uh, uh, lures, uh, the designs and everything. They're pretty, pretty unique. Um, is so when you're doing your molds, do you, do you guys actually make the mold yourself, or somebody make them for you, or how does that work? Uh, yeah, so we produce all of our baits in house, and all of our molds get made. Um, uh, they get made out of um, a business down in Alabama that are just. They make the machines. They make the molds. They're mm -hmm. top notch. So, is is uh, that something you guys like uh, have a role in, like designing? If something comes back, you don't like it, do you get a tinker with it? Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's definitely what happens. So, kind of the way the process goes is, you have a at the end of the day, you have a big production mold. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's going to have anywhere from twenty five to a hundred cavities in it, depending on the bait shape, how wide it is. Um, but where it all begins is it begins obviously with an idea and then mm -hmm. I start to draw it out on AutoCAD. Um, okay. and you know, Brandon and, and myself and, and Carl, Carl Jacobson, Jacobson, uh, and my boys will start to get involved and we'll start bouncing around ideas. Um, so finally we get it to a point where we say, okay, this is a, this is a bait that we can send in. Then it goes to the mold company and they will do a they'll do a 3d drawing of it for us mm -hmm. and the 3d drawing goes to make what is just a single cavity prototype mold and so that's a that's a mold that we can shoot some baits into and we can we can start to play around with it so um you have some baits that you get it right on the very first time Mm -hmm. You have some baits that you have to go back for two or three mold revisions till you get it just right. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, depending on um, depending on what the bait is used for. So a bait like that, for instance, um, classic beaver style bait shape, not a whole lot you can do with it and not a whole lot of ways you can screw it up right it's just a it's a good product um and, and but when you get into you know a bait that we're going to be releasing here on march 4th called the hot shot you know that bait took us well over a year mm. to do and three or four revisions just to get it just the way we wanted it because uh, it's a drop shot bait and it has to be so we're talking finicky smallmouth right it's a, it's a different uh a different thing so that can be quite a long process yeah what do you find is the kind of number one thing that you guys are coming up with and having to change when it comes to your bait designs? Like, I guess, like, is there like a certain aspect of something that you guys are adding to make it like, you know, your own bait? And then you're like, oh man, every time we try to do this, this gets to be a pain, you know? Cause like when you look at the beaver style bait, you know, you'll see the little appendages coming off. Is yeah. that something that's difficult or is it a tail design? you know, that you find gets to be a pain in the butt or something like that? Um, yeah, nothing specifically. Every bait is kind of its own um, it, it, its own unique thing. Um, you know, when you look at that, that little beaver bait we had up there, it's got some three little side appendages, and, and that's kind of a marker of what we call our adrenaline series. Mm -hmm. So everything that's in our adrenaline series has that kind of signature uh, paddles on the side. Um, 
the one thing that's very important on our base and has kind of set us apart in the marketplace, well, there's two things. There's we're really known for our vibrant colors. Mm -hmm. um, and we we achieve vibrant colors because we don't put any cheap fillers in our baits. Um, so it costs us a little bit more money because we're working with all pure virgin material. Mm -hmm. But your baits don't get cloudy and it keeps the colors bright. Um, and the other thing that we're noted for is our, our floating claws and our floating worms. So basically, you can take that adrenaline craw that you're looking at right there. And if you rig that on a jig, it will, when that jig falls to the bottom, those claws will just, they'll just sit right up like this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot, of, a lot of baits don't have that. Um, they don't have that capability. Um, so everyone, even this beaver bait, those appendages all float the, like the claws on the front. Um, and uh, it, it costs a little more to make a bait that way, but mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just such a great fish catching thing, right? It, it's the difference between having a chunk of plastic just dead falling to the, to the base of the lake to one yeah. that is, that's kind of up and alive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that's, we're, we're, we're proud of that part of our baits. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're saying. I've used uh, other various products where that supposed to stand up like that, but they'll just lay down on the ground, you know, I'm mean, just playing yeah. around with it. Uh, and then there's other baits out there that stand up like they're supposed to, but is, is that do like, are, do you guys put salt in your baits? Is that what causes that reaction? Yeah, so we have uh, we we do have salt in some of our baits, and in some of them, there's other portions of or levels of salt. So, for instance, when you have a when you have a stick bait, um, which we call our true center stick, which is just a Senko style bait, that you need a lot of salt in because it's all about the fall rate, right? Then you take something like our swim bait or our whiplash shad, and you kind of have medium salt in there. Um, and then when you get into our into our, our, our creatures and our worms, that's where we start to get real specific on our, where we start to get real specific on our salt and, and the type of salt that we use. Um, if you buy, if you buy big clunky salt, mm -hmm. uh, which would be kind of like your table salt, you can actually see what a cube of it looks like you start to have some some problems with distribution throughout that bait um, because every piece represents a bigger and bigger portion of the whole. Right. But when you get into really fine salts, you're going to get a naturally more even dispersion throughout that bait, mm. which is going to give you two things. It's going to, it's going to help your colors. It's going to add in production consistency. Um, so the baits look and feel the same to the customer and it's going to help that bait perform better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think I've heard that before too, because when you're using the coarse, the coarse salt and it's bigger, it gets exposed to the water easily too. And then it starts to dissolve all, out of the bait a little bit. And then it'll cause the actual baits to, I don't want to say malfunction, but it won't perform up to the standards and then if you have something that's more just you know dispersed like you said evenly mm -hmm. that the action of your bait is also going that's going to keep it lasting longer as well yeah 
Very so, interesting. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So I've always laughed. Hold on, I've always laughed too. You ever seen where like where people are like making their own baits at home and then they're like coat it in salt and I'm like I don't want. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've I, I've had a buddy that did that. He just dips them in a bag of salt. Yeah, I'm like I don't think that that's was the point of this salt. Yeah. It's like flavoring the bait with steel salt. Yeah, it has to be mixed in with the plastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. You know, if you're in the ocean, like you know, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. That's fun. Well, it, it's kind of interesting. Eh? The uh, um, it, it's been it's been thought of for so long that that salt uh, that that salt is is great additive because it makes fish hold on, mm-hmm. and, and there is an element where that's true, but. One of the real reasons that there's a lot of salt in baits is because salt is cheap. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> salt is a lot cheaper than plastisol. Yeah. Um, so when you can knock your cost of production on your baits down by a given percentage, um, it's it's a filler, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm not saying it doesn't have a place. I'm just saying there, there's a there's value in fine tuning how you do your salt and in which type of baits you do it in to get the uh, exact, um, you know, the, the exact result that you want. And that's kind of one of those things that we try and pay attention to. Yeah. It's like a big old science project. (laughs) It is. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I want to talk about these, uh, these uh, pro series swimmers that they're pretty uh, unique looking. I don't think I've ever seen, is it flat sided? I can't tell from the picture. Uh, no, it's it, it, well, it, yeah, I guess it, in a sense it is fairly flat sided, flat top, flat sided. Um, the um, the secret to those swammers, and we call them kind of dual action swim baits. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, first of all, all three sizes have they all have three different kinds of tails. Um, the paddle is a little different on all of them to fit the bait uh, for the size that it is. Um, and the one thing about our swammers is that they are, they're crazy, crazy action um, in terms of how much that bait rolls and that tail kicks and it wobbles. Um, and I can't, I can't say that that's what the fish wants every time. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it is a swim bait in the swim bait category with its own unique action that appeals to fish at, at certain times. Um, and. Um, uh, and there's other swim baits in the swim bait market that have a little bit tighter, a, a little bit tighter wobble, a little bit tighter uh, uh, tail action. And sometimes those work. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. fish just aren't interested in that crazy, aggressive uh crazy aggressive action but that's that's kind of the side of the spectrum that ours fall into yeah what did you guys what were you what was part of the design process to get it to to roll and as well as to get the um the paddle tail kick because sometimes you tend to see that it's like one or the other you know it's like a really good rolling bait with light action on the paddle tail or it's crazy action on the paddle tail and not hardly any role what was it that you guys 
were able to design within that bait to cause both actions to work together. You know, this is a bait that's a carryover from the original owner of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So as much as I love the action, I can't take an ounce of credit for it. Uh, we we took something that he had really handcrafted um, and, um, and, and and produced, and, and we just simply modernized the production process on it. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right, that's cool. Yeah. Um, th that's the one bait that always caught my interest when I see your guys' website, uh, the flat-sided top. I thought that was the coolest thing because I've never really yeah. seen one like that. Yeah, it, it, it it's kind of... The, the the flat top really just becomes because it used to be a hand pour bait yeah and so it was it was just poured in an open cavity which automatically gives you a a flat top so that's uh it was more a function of manufacturing than it was a <laughs> unique design hey that it worked it doubles as both so that's cool yeah <laughs> and then uh you guys got a whiplash shad, a soft plastic jerk bait. Is that like a, your take on the fluke? Yep, yeah, it is. And it's, uh, I can tell you right now, without a doubt, that is our most underrated bait that we have. Uh, guys who buy it know it, but um, that, that straight tail that goes a little bit longer than everybody else's, mm -hmm. it just creates crazy action. A lot and, of swing um, in it. Oh, it, it's great. Um, but it's one of those kind of classic style baits where you're you're dealing with a lot of those old southern name bait companies like Zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just so tough to get a piece of that market. Yeah. Um, because the guys who have tried it, they know it. They love it. Um, but uh, there's just certain bait shapes in this uh, in this industry that are uh, you have to have them in your lineup. But they're mm -hmm. never going to hit a home run because of those old established bait brands who already have it, right? Yeah. So you yeah. Think, of the, think of the beaver style bait from Reaction Innovations. You think of the the, the Senko from Yamamoto. You think of the Fluke from Zoom, right? These are all baits that, I mean, we're not talking one generation of people who have fished them. We're talking two generations of people yeah. who have fished them. So uh, we do our best to make ours a little bit uh, unique. 
Um, but that that is a bait that is that's that's quite underrated and love for more people to try it. You know, I mean, I think the important thing is that, you know, when you have a company is how do you set yourself apart? And then yeah. also like, you know, I've bought baits from some of the, I'm not even going to be, I'm not going to point out specific names, but you know, there's something that I like about the bait. I like the action about it, but then I have this issue with it, you know, and then I end up having to buy, you know, either more of it or have to go with someone else. And when I say buy more of it, I don't mean like, Oh, I, you know, ran through them. I mean, like something's happened. Like one thing that I used to do, especially when I was a kayak angler is I would store my baits together. Um, so mm -hmm. if I bought a bunch of different flukes and colors, I would throw them in one bag because I got tired of trying to figure out space wise yeah. how to carry, you know, six bags of <clears throat> individual plastics. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that was something I started getting really frustrated with was, <clears throat> my colors bleeding out of my plastic and then i would yeah. get this you know frankenstein colored bait and, and <laughs> not to downplay the shit works sometimes too like i'd be like yeah. oh dude that actually looks pretty good you know yeah. but nine times out of ten it looked like a funky green pumpkin and um that got to be frustrating because i'm like you know i like this i like the ability to have the different colors but i don't i just don't have the space to sit there. And so I would just cram them into a, a baggie and it sucks to do that, but I'm like, it's kind of has to happen. Yeah. I have a big swim bait problem. Like I love swim baits. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. And I will buy packages and packages and packages and just dump them in a Ziploc bag and take it with me because I'm like, you know, I was a big, um, and I still am big high tech fan. Right. And I'm like the, the plastic that those things come in is bulky, bulky as hell. It's like, you know, it just takes up so much space. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a pain in the butt. So I started, you know, throwing those in. Now, luckily, those don't bleed. But there's some other brands that have bought, you know, especially especially with flukes mm -hmm. that just bleed awful. Like and like and it's not just the fluke, like it's all their baits, you know, and I'm like, that's frustrating, you know, because you're like you've spent, you know you know how much we all know how much fishing can be, you know, yeah. and godly yeah. amounts of money on having, you know, five different colors of a specific, you know, plastic, but, you know, just to have it do that, you know, and um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think when you find companies that kind of take that extra little effort, like X zone does to keep things like that from happening to, you know, don't cut the corners. I'm willing, I'm always willing to pay a couple extra dollars for a pack, you know, as long as I know it's going to perform, it's going to mm -hmm. last. I don't have to worry about it bleeding its colors out. You know, I mean, it's the same thing we've talked about with Z-Man love their products. Can't stand the fact that though it wants to react with every yeah. plastic around it, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it comes with the territory with it, you know? So, yeah. 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 No, that's right. And, and you know, baits are really, um, their baits are like anything else. Basically you have, you have various different categories of, you know, you've kind of, you've got your, um, your economy based baits, you got your mid-level baits and you got your high level baits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been our goal to, to participate in the mid-level price market with an exceptional quality product. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes we get it dead on and, and a bait just clicks and, 
and other times, um, it, you know, it, it, we don't gain as much of the market as we would like to. But that's kind of our goal. That's who we've identified ourselves, who we are. And um, and there's a lot of great brands right in that kind of middle price uh, category part of the market, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, moving on to uh, tongues and wall. Unless you have any other questions, Josh, on the plastics or anything, but I'm gonna. Uh, you guys offer tungsten as well, which I didn't know that until just now. Um, it, is that some, how, how does that, how do you guys get your tungsten and is it like 97% like everybody else's? Yeah. So it's, it's 90%, 97% pure tungsten. Um, and um, yeah, how do we fit in that market? Mm -hmm. um, it's been a market that I've, I've been interested in for a long time. Um, I'm not, interested i'm interested to sell tungsten but i'm mm -hmm. not interested to be known as a tungsten company right yeah. so uh, it's a nice add-on for us um and and we're we're enjoying just exploring that market um yeah again, it's, it's about getting a quality product out to the customer at a quality price and when you already have the when you already have access to the market through distribution and retailer base and all of that, it was a pretty mm -hmm. natural add-on for us. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think every day there's a new tungsten company on the market. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I never wanted to be part of what defines us, right? We're a bait company. Yeah. We have to stay focused on that mission. Um, but it doesn't mean we're not going to add some accessory stuff like this to, um, you know, just to, to capitalize on a little bit of the market that we've created. Yeah, it's so kind of like having the candy bars in the aisle when you're yeah. in the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're here. Why don't you pick up some tungsten? You know, like <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it exactly. Interesting. If you if you go back one one page for a second, you can um uh, I'll show you a, a a product that's been kind of crazy. And that's those arrowhead weights in the in the low oh yeah in, in that side there yeah they've been they've been crazy you know i uh i i said to my son all oh, my sons i said oh i ordered some of those and they're like oh dad you don't know what you're talking about they're never going to sell i mean we just <laughs> sold through those things in no time right because they just they fit so perfectly on a uh on a creature style bait a beaver style mm -hmm. bait and uh you can skip a look very it well, doesn't, right? yeah i heard they skip good i heard they they punch well too mm -hmm. and then it's like you said it doesn't it doesn't it's not going to take away from that tail from that look with just a big clunky bullet style weight or whatever on the end of it so yeah 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 so that's been fun yeah and uh your tungsten weights are like pretty good price too i mean a lot it's at least two bucks cheaper than some of the stuff i've seen in stores here oh well there you go i didn't even know i uh well i mean i did a little bit of market research i knew i wanted to be kind of in the ballpark but at the end of the day you you know you kind of drive your margins to keep your business healthy and um really everybody everybody who's buying tungsten a it all comes out of china um yeah. because you can't afford to make it here yeah right? tungsten is the hardest metal on earth it it doesn't um it doesn't melt till well over six thousand degrees um so really what china is exporting is they're exporting energy right because <laughs> that's where yeah they, the, the 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 raw material is is small compared to the cost that it takes to to process such a hard metal 
Yeah. And it's just something we can't do here, right? Our costs yeah. are too high. Yeah. Well, and, and we care a little bit about the environment here, which they don't care so yeah. much about in China. So <laughs> just ramp up the coal, uh, the coal things and away we go. But um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Josh, is there anything else you want to hit on? No, man, I think we covered it pretty much all. Was there anything, Jim, that you wanted to talk about? Anything additional? No, I, um, I, I think we covered a lot. I, uh, I really thank you guys for having me on the show and uh, being able to connect with your, uh, with your viewers and listeners. And, uh, yeah, keep up the great work. You guys are doing a nice job. You as well, man. I wish you guys continued success. Um, it'll be interesting and fun and exciting to see what else you guys are coming up with. So keep up the good work and, you know, congratulations on the family business. It's really, you know, it's really good to see that, you know, the success that you guys are having. And I hope it continues for a very long time. Uh, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. With that said, uh, good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, we will catch you guys next week and uh, everybody have a good one. Thank you.